Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I look back at night number one and night number two of a historic WrestleMania 37. The highs and the lows in Tampa over the weekend. Also... We get into Broken Skull Sessions with Chris Jericho and WWE Hall of Famer Stone Cold Steve Austin right now on the Busted Open Podcast. There will be no LaGreca rants today. My head is pounding. If there is a LaGreca rant today, I need you to time it better, though. Yes, I will do my best. And Bully, I don't think you're going to get that because I may be a little bit too much of everything last night, but I can't wait to recap what was a historic WrestleMania 37 with you and the Busted Open Nation today. Good time yesterday on our WrestleMania virtual party. Great to see uh, all the nation come on out for that. Had a blast. Tons of feedback on social media. Seems like everybody had a very good time pre-WrestleMania night two. I'm not sure how they felt during and after WrestleMania night two. Uh, I'll hit this one with a real quick broad stroke. What did you think of night two and which night did you like better? Well, um, without a doubt, night one I thought was better than night number two. Uh, Finish strong. And Bully, you always say you're always going to remember the finish. Uh, Last night, finish strong, but much weaker than night number one, which was odd, too, if you think about it, Bully, because we had all the weather concerns night number one on Saturday, and a lot of times we've had delays. The fans were covered. Uh, the fans weren't a big factor. Obviously, it was great having fans back. And just seeing a, a live audience at WrestleMania was prayers answered. But last night was the opportunity to really have a strong audience reaction uh, a little bit on the weaker side, didn't get that, but that all changed with the main event last night. Would you say that the main event of night two saved all of night two? Yes, without a doubt. Yes, I will. Uh, the performance by all three, and listen, Edge is already a Hall of Famer. Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan are future Hall of Famers, and they did what they do best, and that storytelling and putting on a great performance and putting on a great wrestling match. 
one, I think the big thing, Bully, that we're going to talk about when we talk about night number two, and obviously we got to recap both nights of WrestleMania here today on Busted Open, but I think the theme of night number two is I think the lack of creative going into WrestleMania didn't cost them in night number one, but definitely bit them in the ass night number two. And I think the most glaring example of what you just brought up, lack of storytelling going in to a match would be the championship match between Asuka and Rhea Ripley. What a difference in feel from night one with Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks to night two with Rhea Ripley and Asuka. And I'm not talking about the finish. I'm not talking about the reactions to who won. I'm talking about the emotion that started the match. It was about the buzz in the crowd and how hyped up they were for Bianca and and um, and Sasha and the tears that were coming out of Bianca's eyes and Sasha, you know, you know, you know, chopping her hard and waking her up and saying, come on, girl, we, we got a main event to work here. Night two, Asuka, even though she's been a, a, the women's champion for a while, she just seems like she, it seems like she's been the women's champion just because. And listen, we could speak, you know, glowingly about Asuka and how much we like her and how great she has been, but she hasn't been that same great Asuka for a long time. Um, They kind of have double parked the championship on her. And there was no story going into Asuka and Rhea the way there was Bianca and Sasha. At least there was the story of Bianca wins the Rumble. She chooses Sasha. Sasha is a is a is a WWE darling. Has a yep. very very loyal and dedicated fan base. Bianca is a very white meat baby face where you just she smiles and you just you're into everything she does. And then when she starts to cry before the match, you feel that emotion. Yep. I didn't feel that with. Rhea and Asuka and because there was no story there and I think that that is an example of what you were talking about oh bully and you and you phrased it so well the emotions with Bianca Belair she wins the Royal Rumble she chooses Sasha Banks who's one of the more popular figures in the WWE for sure and to see her get emotional, knowing what that moment meant for her to be in the ring in a main event match at WrestleMania. It's the main event that the fans wanted to, so they got caught up in those emotions. The biggest thing with Rhea, when she was coming to the ring and she had the band playing the song, and she's Michael Cole was talking about Rhea Ripley as she, as he's for the first time introducing it to the crowd hey the word brutality that defines somebody like Rhea Ripley and he's describing Rhea Ripley like he's doing it for the first time because there's a large audience that's never seen her wrestle we talk about NXT and a hardcore fan knows Rhea Ripley from NXT but a lot of fans tuning in don't know anything about Rhea Ripley and if you watch Monday Night Raw bully You still don't know anything about Rhea Ripley. There was zero story. There was zero character development. There was zero personality for Rhea. They did a terrible job building her up before that match last night. To the point, Bully, 
that they were presenting her like a heel on Monday Night Raw. I didn't see a heel, Rhea Ripley, last night coming to that ring. She was all smiles. She's pointing to the crowd. Like she was playing to the crowd. A heel doesn't do that. So in the I middle was of the match, In the middle of the match, she had a lot of heel tendencies, though. She actually got booze from the crowd at one point. Yeah, but that makes it even more confusing. So if you're if you're watching Rhea Ripley for the first time and you have a band introducing her and she's playing to the crowd and she's smiling and she's all excited and pointing to the crowd and hearing the fans' reaction and then she goes into the match and is playing the heel role, it I, I really thought that match suffered bully with no story going in. And here she is at her first match on the main roster. And now she's a world champion. And if you had to put a color on Rhea last night, what color would that have been? Black, white, gray? I don't know. I don't know what color. I mean, you know. By, 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 what, by what you've described, should be shades of gray. And shades of gray in wrestling yeah. are never good. Here comes Rhea Ripley. She looks a hundred percent badass looks the part she's got a band playing her out great pyro now she's smiling she's pointing but she's acting heelish at times by peppering oscar in the back of the head and smacking her around well how how do i how am i supposed to react to her again in wrestling you want to spoon feed the audience how you want them to respond to you you can't let them make up their own mind all the time, especially when you're doing things that would denote good and bad. Because now if you're doing good things, I want to cheer you. If you're doing bad things, I want to boo you. But when you're doing them back to back, what exactly do I do? So you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to sit back and wait. And if I sit back and wait, that means I'm not responding in the moment, which is not good. Did Rhea get a pop when she won? Yes. Was it the same pop as Bianca when she won? No. Why? All about the emotional investment in the character and the person at that moment. And you know what? And I feel bad because I thought Rhea and Asuka had a a pretty damn good match last night. But the crowd was cold. And I think the reaction from the audience even watching at home was cold because there's no, like you just said, there's no emotion. So now you're just having a match for the sake of having a match. And you never want that, especially on the grandest stage of them all at WrestleMania bully. You need that story. And, and last, listen, I was telling you before the show today, the women's tag match with Tamina and Natalia and Nia and Shayna got a bigger crowd reaction than Oscar and Rio Ripley. You know, so one of the, the early matches, the number two spot on the show, which you never want to be, we learned that on Broken Skull Sessions with Stone Cold and Jericho, you never want to be in that number two spot. We're talking about the match in the number two spot having more of an emotional investment than one of the main event matches at night number two. One of my favorite songs, live songs of all time, is King of the Nighttime World. Live. On Kiss Alive 2. King of the Nighttime World was in the number two spot. And I like listening to it as much as I do Detroit Rock City. So as far as that number two spot is concerned, or the number three spot, four, 12, six, your sister's ass spot, I'm not convinced that any spot is a bad spot, but I understand the Jericho reference. 
Yeah, and and last night they it was listen. Whether it's because they hate Nia and Shayna, or whether it's because they wanted to see new tag team champions, Nia and Shayna were getting booed. Tamina and Natalia were getting cheered. There were chants of Tamina. There was chants of Natalia. I didn't really get that kind of feel between Asuka and Rhea Ripley. So again, I, I don't think Creative did Asuka and Rhea any favors going into that match, and it's a shame because they put on a good match. And now we'll see what will happen with Rhea Ripley moving forward. But it is kind of odd that Rhea just debuts on the main roster, and now she's a world champion. Triple H is a fan of rock and roll, as we know. Um, and I think you can see all of Triple H's uh, touches in Rhea's character that evolved over in NXT. I think Triple H was very much in tune with who Rhea Ripley was. I think there was a a good relationship between Rhea knowing who she is as a performer and Triple H and the creative team being able to identify that and help her, you know, um, shine light on the strengths and hide the very few negatives. And that's what happens when a great creative team, a great booker, and a great talent come together. I'm concerned that the main roster creative team is not going to be in touch with who Rhea Ripley is. And you can have a band play her out, and you can blow all the pyro in the world. When the song ends, and the fires and the flames go out from the pyro, and the bell rings... Fans have to have emotional investment into that woman. I know the emotional investment. You know we've seen and heard the emotional investment from that NXT crowd. It's now the main roster's job to do the exact same thing that they were able to do with her in NXT on the main roster. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart. 
Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. When looking back at both nights, what were the big surprises for you coming out of both nights? Uh, I don't think there were any surprises. Nothing happened uh, on either night that really shocked me. Um, I thought the I thought the the Bianca victory was a nice touch. Uh, I wasn't surprised that Rhea won. Um, I wasn't surprised that Roman won. Listen, you picked Roman. The girl picked, uh, I'm sorry, you picked Edge. The girl picked Roman. So I figured out, I'll pick Daniel Bryan. I've been telling you for the longest time why Roman needs to stay the champion all the way up until WrestleMania of next year or whenever the hell you bring Brock back because that's the story. Um, I mean, n- nothing really stands out to me as shocking. Was there something shocking to you? Was there a huge I mean- surprise to you? Maybe not shocking, but a surprise is how well Bad Bunny did night number one. I mean, oh, I thought like, you meant like a finish or something like that. Uh, no. I mean, Bad as far as finishes, pro- as far as finishes, you know where I was actually surprised, and I'm glad that we got into this conversation, was because something I definitely wanted to get in with you today. Um, not a big fan of the Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler tag team. Uh, I don't think the fans are either. I think actually it hurts both Nia and Shayna, especially Shayna. Would you agree that this tag team has done no favors for Shayna Baszler? Zero. Okay. Now, watching that match yesterday, and I'm sure going in, hey, this is the way the match is going to go. This is going to be the finish. But hearing the crowd reaction and the way that they really did latch on to Tamina and Natalia. I, 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 I think the fans wanted something different. I don't think there was anybody in attendance or anybody watching at home that wanted to see the Nia Shayna tag team continue with the tag team titles. I was hoping beyond hope that we would have new tag team champions and that they would finally break up Nia and Shayna. I was actually surprised that they didn't go with Tamina and Natalia as your new tag champions. I do agree that the crowd was behind Tamina and Natalia. When I'm watching a match like that, I am strictly watching as a fan, not as a professional. As Mm -hmm. a fan, Nia and Shayna do nothing for me. Um, I can understand, and I think people were behind Natty and Tamina because it was a byproduct of how they're not into Shayna. And Naya. Every time I see Shayna and Naya, I'm reminded of why the I want the Iconics back together so much. I'm not picking on Shayna and Naya. Okay? I don't think they've been dealt. Actually, let me take that back. They've been dealt many opportunities. 
And you know what, Dave? When we come on the show, we're not really talking about what creative gave to Shayna and Nia. We're talking about the performance of Shayna and Nia. I don't know if you enjoyed last night's performance, but last night's performance didn't seem any different than we get on a Raw from them. Yep, agreed. Just and I got to tell gel. you, I got to tell you, I'm going to be brutally honest here. I feel bad for Natty because I feel that Natty is not in the ring with talent that is at her level or talent that is at the level Natty had been at before. Natty is very good at what she does. Natty takes this very seriously. I believe that Natty, as a heart and as a veteran, deserves to be dealt a little bit of a better hand. And I really thought it was custom made for her because you had Tamina with the super fly leap night number one to get the victory to go to the championship match. I I thought it was custom made for Natalia to rule that match and to latch on the sharpshooter and get the submission victory. That's what I actually thought was going to happen. And I think the audience wanted to see that happen last night, Bully. Let me tell you this, too. You could have done the old switcheroo last night. It would have been very easy. Tamina would, if Tamina wins night one with the Superfly Splash, and then on night two, they win with the old Heart Foundation Heart Attack, that place blows. That place is like, yes, there's a feel-good moment in WrestleMania. And then on Raw tonight, you could have the rematch, and you could put the belts back on Shayna and sure. Nia if you wanted to. It's so simple. But no, that's not what we got. And, and it, to me, it's, it, it's right there. It's so easy. Did Nia and Shayna really need that? There wasn't even a moment there. It really wasn't even that big of a deal. But I'll be damned after I heard those, those fans chant Tamina's name on three times. <clears throat> I heard them chant her name three times. Now, were 25,000 people chanting Tamina's name? No. But I got to tell you, there are more people chanting Tamina's name than I ever remember in Tamina's career. So give it to them. You heard what they were like night one. Give it to them night two. And then you flip-flop them back on Raw. You advertise the return match. Not that a million people are going to be turning it, return, tuning back in for the return match, but at least you gave them a feel-good moment at WrestleMania. And especially but coming what off do the- I know? But what do I know? <laughs> but, Bully, that's why I wanted to ask you, because maybe the plan was to have Nia and Shayna win, but hearing that crowd, knowing that that would have been a feel-good moment, I wonder if you if there is a way to, like, change the end of that. I know it's WrestleMania. Maybe I sound crazy, but, man, if that was your intent going in, you had to change it based on the reaction from that crowd, especially coming off Orton and The Fiend, where it felt like, you know, people were punched in the gut with the end of that match, and there was, like, real Really no reaction. I, that would have been a good come up after a come down last night at night number two. The ending of Randy and the Fiend was confusing. It was definitely a head scratcher. Uh, w- listen, Randy's on 
entrance was cool. Randy looked cool in his gear. The Fiend's entrance was cool. I liked the whole morphing thing. Alexa looks great as Alexa always does. And once all the pomp and circumstance is over, the bell rings. So now we get a wrestling match between The Fiend and Randy Orton. How is physicality between The Fiend and Randy Orton going to look? It's going to look great because they're pros and they're so damn good at what they do. Now we get to the finish and everybody's like, huh? What? Um, And listen, when those lights went out, those people were booing. They obviously wanted something more. They wanted something different. So we're coming out of that first segment with people not exactly enthralled. Not because of Randy and Bray, but because the hand creative dealt them. Yes. Now we go into this tag match. We have an opportunity with this. Like, I don't know why creative thought that after what happened in that first match, people would be on a high note because they couldn't have been any lower. And now we bring them back even lower because we can't. You, you're telling me you can't give Jimmy Snooker's daughter and Jim the Anvil Neidhart's daughter a feel-good moment at WrestleMania? You can't give them a 24-hour run and then flip-flop them back on Raw? Who pissed and who's cornflakes? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. What a perfect main event to end the weekend at WrestleMania. When the story is there before the match and there's weeks and weeks and weeks of buildup, you get what we saw last night. Now, yeah, there were a lot of bells and whistles with uh, the chairs and all the outside stuff and no rules, yada, yada. But listen to the entrances. People emotionally invested in Daniel Bryan, mega pop for Edge on his entrance, and the Boo Birds were out for Roman. People were ready for that main event. We talk about the lack of story going into WrestleMania with Asuka and Rhea Ripley, Quite the opposite with what we got with Edge, Roman, and DB. Heyman involved, Jey Uso involved, all came together last night for an exciting main event. 
not the t- not the type of universal championship match that I love because I would love to see more of a traditional match, kind of like what, what we got from Bobby and Drew, because I think those three talents can pull off a traditional three-way dance without having to use the steps and the, and the announce table and the chairs and everything else. But still, the E is for entertainment, very entertaining main event, like what they did, and hopefully Roman holds on to this championship until Brock Lesnar comes back around. Well, I mean, you talk about the story going in, and Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman have told one hell of a story ever since we've seen them become, you know, a partnership, so to speak, when it comes to the head of the table. And it's been fantastic storytelling each and every week on SmackDown on Friday nights. So we had that. Uh, Kudos to the WWE production department. Amazing Amazing vignette and production piece before the start of that match. On all angles, when it comes to Daniel Bryan, when it comes to Roman Reigns, especially Edge. You know, seeing the emotion from Edge when he had to retire because of that neck injury. So kudos to them. And then, obviously, you get the crowd reactions with the entrances. But, again, another story. And we did our predictions, but when you really think about it, Bully, no reason to take that title belt off of Roman Reigns right now. There's still a a bigger story to tell when it comes to Roman, but now you have multiple stories coming out of that match, and that's what you want, right? Because it's not just about what we saw last night. It makes you want to tune into SmackDown Friday night. Where does Roman go? I mean... Multiple times, Edge cost Daniel Bryan the championship. Daniel Bryan cost Edge the championship. Roman was done. And then he comes out on top. I I can't wait to find out what the follow-up is going to be on SmackDown on Friday. Especially with Roman. Because who's next? Is it transitional guys being fed to Roman? Or somebody on the back burner that they're getting ready to debut on Friday? Who's going to be able to handle with, you know, hang with them on the microphone? I mean, top of your head, who's on the SmackDown roster right now that that get, that moves into that position? Wow, it's a great question. Is it question. Seth? Mm, no, not right now. It doesn't feel right to me. Do, do, do you have enough um, confidence in Cesaro after them giving them that WrestleMania moment? Could it be Cesaro? And Roman. Yes, and this that's why I say short term. That can, yes. yeah, you can get a month or two out of Cesaro and Roman, and the match will be very good, absolutely. I believe that Heyman is a fan of Cesaro also, so I, I believe they'll go out of their way to help get that, you know, get that story told and get it over. But right now, I just don't see anybody on Roman's level when it comes to the storytelling that they have been doing since the alliance of Heyman and Roman Reigns. It's very, very tough, and but they'll do it, and they'll find a creative way to do it because I think mo- moving forward, the story with Daniel Bryan and Edge is that story between Daniel Bryan and Edge. Uh, boy, and here's the thing. Boy, how conflicting because everybody loves Daniel Bryan and everyone loves Edge, but we've seen Roman Reigns booed at WrestleMania before, but didn't it feel good to see Roman Reigns get booed because he should be getting booed because the character dictates he gets booed? So that was, to me, a WrestleMania moment for Roman. Not just the victory, but the crowd reaction to Roman as well. 
Roman got booed last night because people genuinely don't like him right now. That's the exact yeah. reason why you should be booed. You're not getting booed because creative doesn't like the way you've been force fed down fans' throats. And even though Edge got that great reaction at the Rumble, it felt good that Edge was able to get that crowd reaction because, man, you need it. He had such a great match with Randy Orton last year at WrestleMania, but it must have felt good for Edge to get that reaction from the fans, to be in that ring with fans reacting, even though it was intimate, like our call Jay said from St. Louis, because, you know, it is 25,000 fans in a stadium that holds 80,000. But after last year... That must have felt for Edge like a full stadium of people. I wish I could have been backstage when Edge and Randy Orton saw each other for the first time after they had their gear on. Brother, <laughs> I didn't know you were going to wear white tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great minds think alike, and they went with babyface white. Yeah. And I st I'm still trying to figure out if Randy and they Orton both is lost. Oh no, Randy Orton won. <laughs> yeah, Randy Orton won. But did he really? Because he's still in this story but, with Bray but Wyatt. Who did he? Who did he beat? A lot of people on social media said that that was not Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Are you buying into any of this? Yeah, people are saying it might be Bo Dallas that was uh, in that gear last night. I I, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, I didn't see it. I, I have to go back and watch it again to see if there's something different. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Is it possible? I, I Honestly, I, you know what? We wanted to talk about the match. Can we get into that match here between Randy Orton and Bray sure. Wyatt to start? Sure. First of all, Bully, was that the right match to start WrestleMania with? Not in my opinion. Why? Listen to what the people said after the match. They said boo. They did. They say weren't happy with it. They did say boo. Like when you're going to, uh, uh, as I always talk about the first match and the last match, most important matches of the night. You want to start off with Detroit Rock City and you want to end with rock and roll all night. I don't know how that match was Detroit Rock City. But then I asked myself, what match would have been Detroit Rock City? And it's a very easy answer when it came to last night. Who would it have been? I would have put Owens and Zayn in that opening match. Ding, ding, ding. Circle gets the square. Johnny, tell him what he's won. So that's what I would have, because th th that crowd would have been really, really hot for that. You could have put, you could have put Randy and, 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 uh, and Bray anywhere you wanted to. And when you have a match like that, you got to sit back creatively. And as the boys, you got to sit back and go, all right, what's going to be the response after this? So, yeah, we're going to get an RKO and a one, two, three. Are the people going to blow for that? Do they want to see the Fiend get beat? We're seeing the Fiend back to his original form and we're beating him. And then we're going to go to black and everything's going to disappear. How are they going to feel about this? Now, maybe creatively they thought that they would feel good about it. Obviously, they didn't. They weren't exactly enthralled. So this might be a little bit of Monday morning quarterbacking, which I don't like to do. I mean, I'm forced to do it here on the show. But if I was in that position before the show, before WrestleMania night two started, asking myself all these questions, I'm not sure if the answers would have been crystal clear. I don't know if they would have definitely been booing. I don't know if they would have definitely been unhappy.
but I know they were as of this morning, and I know that Owens and Zayn should have probably started the night. Or Asuka and Rhea. Yeah, Oscar and Rhea maybe would have been a better way to go, too. That's a great call, Bully. I mean, usually on a stage like this, WrestleMania, when those lights go out, when they go back on, you're expecting a big surprise. Maybe somebody else in the ring behind a Randy Orton or a Bray Wyatt. That's what I was expecting. I'm like, when the lights went out, and it was for a lengthy period of time, I'm like, oh, my God, who's going to be in the ring? Is that your reaction too? Like, all right, who's this going to be? My mind's racing. And when the lights go on and it's just completely empty, I think the reaction you got from that 25,000 was the same as your reaction to my reaction. It's like, oh, like, really? Come on. You really you set that me, up? And then you didn't pay it off. Yes. I mean, that was a, I mean, a really bad job. Knowing you should have known that the, that was going to be the reaction you were going to get. To me, that's something you do on Monday Night Raw. That's not something you do at a WrestleMania in, in, in front of a crowd for the first time in a year and a month. Like, I, I just don't know why they thought that w- would have gotten a, a better reaction than it did. And also, too, and, and Bully, you're 100% right. It's, it's not the fault of Bray Wyatt, it's not the fault of Randy Orton, and it's not the fault of Alexa Bliss. Because I thought they did a great job. Alexa Bliss, with the stare that she had, but that mask she was wearing, it was something out of Spirit Halloween. And I, I don't mean to make a knock, but it's true. It was so fake looking, and they had like a tight shot on it. I was like, come on, you got to do a little bit better than that for WrestleMania. I don't think I had a problem with whatever she was wearing and the black goo, ink, blood pouring from... I For a second there, I thought she was wearing like a crown of thorns. What was it? Why was she bleeding? Or why was that black goo being spit out of her brains? And the worms hate into his brains. <laughs> nice Pink Floyd reference. I guess it's the same black gook that was coming out of Randy's mouth. Like, I, I, I don't know. But this story's not going So how anywhere. did Alexa's black brain gook get into Randy's system? <gasps> I just figured it out. Oh, boy. If the b- black brain goop comes out of Alexa's head and Randy's been spitting it up. Maybe Alexa and Randy. Eat your, eat your, eat your. <laughs> I mean, strange. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like Alexa helped Randy to win last night. Well, I mean, obviously she did. Uh, the Fiend was angry at Alexa Bliss and then disappeared. That's how angry. He's so angry that he disappeared. Oh, this is going to turn into like Luke and Laura from General Hospital. This is soap opera. Soap opera. Luke and Laura. I was more of like uh, Bo and Hope from Days of Our Lives. Yeah, Bo and Hope. Soap opera. I put the emphasis on the wrong (laughs) syllable. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. So work with me here. Play a little game. Let's try to whittle this down to what you liked best. Night one favorite match. Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Nothing else even close, correct? Uh, nothing else even close. Cesaro and Rollins, no? Great great match, but not to the to the level of the main event, no. Gotcha. Night two, favorite match. Uh, the main event with Roman, Daniel Bryan, and Edge. Not even close. Stand and deliver, favorite match. It was actually my favorite match was Walter and Champa. Okay. Walter and Champa versus Bianca and Sasha versus Edge, Daniel Bryan, and Roman Reigns. Favorite match. Uh, Bianca and Sasha. Ah, okay. Okay, fair yeah. enough. I'm, I'm still going to stick with Walter and Ciampa. And, and it's close, but what edges it out for me is the emotion of it. The, you know, the, uh, the, the, just the emotional roller coaster watching that match. Um, I would, and I love Walter and Champa. If I had to go back right now and watch one of those matches again, it would be the Bianca Sasha, just because of those emotions. I want to feel, see if I can feel those emotions again, like I did Saturday night, but three great examples because without a doubt, those are the three best matches from WrestleMania week. Correct. In my opinion. Yes. I mean, to me, I'll give you my top four. Um, Ciampa, Walter, Bianca, Sasha, Edge, Roman, DB, and then Bad Bunny. Wow. Why? Because it's just, uh, just because of the effort, knowing the effort that he put in, or just the story they oh, were able to tell? I, I could give a damn less about effort. I mean, yeah, it's always nice that the effort's there. It's about the end result. Listen, you could have put all the effort in the world into practicing for that WrestleMania match, and that WrestleMania match could have been the shits, and then the effort means nothing. Mm-hmm. It's about what they were able to do. Bad Bunny showed up a couple of months ago and did a great not- job from night one, and then it culminated the other night at WrestleMania. And I know we're putting all, we're heaping all of this praise on Bad Bunny, but listen, it's the Miz and Morrison who deserve the true praise. Yes, Bad Bunny did a great job, yada, yada, sis, boom, bah. It's actually rah, rah, sis, boom, bah, but whatever. Um, it, the Miz and Morrison, if you don't have heels like that, that can be completely unselfish 
and give themselves to the match and to the outcome. Listen, we had Miz on the show. Other than being in a match for the World Heavyweight Championship, there was no place else he'd rather be on this card. And he knows it. And anybody else who thinks differently, you truly don't understand this industry or this business. The Miz and Morrison know that more eyes will be on them and their brands and their products and their personas than anything else. And I would venture to say that more people might have seen the Bad Bunny stuff than anything else on WrestleMania. Uh, Just judging from social media and mainstream outlets, it's the most talked about match from the weekend without a doubt. I mean, everybody, I mean, people are saying sign Bad Bunny to a WWE contract. Like, it's it's crazy the amount of talk coming out uh, about Bad Bunny after WrestleMania. And and listen, it was not a bad WrestleMania. I mean, you see, you're going to see the tweets and the comments about people saying, oh, it was one of the worst WrestleManias. That's not true. I mean, you know, with what they had to go up against with the rain delays, first time that we had an audience in such a long time. That was by no means a bad WrestleMania that we just saw. But there is no doubt the most chatter coming out of the weekend was about Bad Bunny. The two things I hope the WWE takes away from this past weekend are unscripted promos and how well they work, especially when you have the talent that can pull it off. And if you're working for the WWE, you are a talent that can pull it off. Number two is the importance of storytelling. And I'm sure people are going, Bubba, you're going to remind the WWE or the WWE needs to remind themselves of the importance of storytelling? Yes, they do. Because there are only a couple of stories heading into WrestleMania this year. Go watch Wrestle. Go watch WrestleManias of the past. Every match had a story. No matches were thrown together. There weren't any. I mean, yes, maybe here and there anomalies, but I'm talking about in the in, uh, up to WrestleMania like 20. Um, everything that was had a story. You didn't have anybody just stepping in and going, hey, I want a shot at the championship. It's my first night here at Raw. I want a shot at the championship. Sure, you got it. Would never. That ain't happening. Nope. And, you know, this, watching wrestling almost every single day, Dave, and watching wrestling right now, today, kind of makes me forget about what went on in the past. And then I see Jericho and Steve talking about the past on the Broken Skull Sessions last night, and I'm watching clips of Chris versus Sean. And I'm just like, holy shit, that's the right way, not the way it's going on now. Epic storytelling with real characters, real men. What was the, st- the story with Chris and Sean? It was about you used to be my idol, used to be my mentor, but I think I can be better than you. That's real. Yep. And it worked. Yep. Now, now we get every once in a while, we get a little bit of real. We got real from Bianca. We got real emotion from her. But for the most part, that's, that's what I want to see. If you have this extensive writing team and all this time, give me real. Give me real at all times. Don't give me canned stuff. You can take real and make it entertaining. Bully, what was, like, you know, Rhea Ripley capturing that championship 
last night. Where's the? They skipped over the chase. There's no chase for the title. Like, just putting somebody in a match the first time on the main roster, and it's a title match in a main event caliber match at WrestleMania. Where's the chase? Where's the childhood dream realized? You didn't get any of that. We were cheated. Rhea was cheated, and the audience was cheated by throwing her in a championship match and having her win. That we were cheated of the story. Cheated. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to use an example like this, but I'll use a very PG example of of uh, a PG version of the example. You see a girl, you ask her out on a date, and at the end of the first date, you wind up kissing her and making out with her. What's the big deal? You already kissed her and made out with her after the first date. The chase is over. Don't you want to chase for a little while before you get finally get to kiss her? Sometimes the chase is better than the catch, as they say. Damn right it is. But you lose all that. So with Rhea, okay, Rhea's the world. Rhea's been at two WrestleManias now. She worked with Charlotte. She did the job. She worked with Asuka. She went over. She's the champion. All right, now what? Uh, but why Why would you expect a you? Now, it got to pop because people do like Rhea. And most of the people there know her from NXT. But it if got to pop because there was a world title change at WrestleMania. Which happens all the time. Which happens all the time. So, like, to me, the audience, why would you get a great reaction? The fans were sitting on their hands during that match. You have Rhea Ripley and Asuka in the ring together at WrestleMania, and people are sitting on their hands. By the way, for the first time, there's an audience in over a year, and fans are sitting on their hands with those two in the ring because there was no reason for them to cheer. First of all, who do you cheer for? Who do you get behind? There isn't anybody to get behind because there's no story. It's unfortunate. It really is. Bianca Belair, NXT girl, shows up, wins the Rumble, cries her eyes out. Now, I might not be a huge fan of crying all the time, but obviously it worked. Then she gets thrown into the storyline, into the story with uh, Sasha. Leading up to Mania, we were like, you know, they're, they're tagging together. You know, they went through a very generic way of, uh, of getting to this match. But they get to the match, Bianca starts crying, all the goodwill that Sasha has, bang. We have instant emotion. We, we might not agree with how we got there, but we got emotion, and we had an assemblance of a story getting to that match. We had nothing with Asuka and Rhea. We got round peg in a square hole. And if you hit a round peg into a square hole with a hammer hard enough, eventually you'll fit. But it fucking hurts. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. Stone Cold, Stone Cold Steve Austin has become a great interviewer as well. He, I just love the way he asks questions, the way he starts conversations. Overall, what did you think of Broken Skull Sessions from yesterday? It was impossible not to love it. And 
I think you might have heard in the first five minutes of of the the show how me, Steve, and Chris used to sit around and bullshit about rock and roll and everything else. And I felt like I was back in that conversation last night, just sitting there with Steve and Chris. Because it's not an interview. It's just the boys talking. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe to you it comes off like an interview. Maybe to fans it does. I just, I'm listening to two wrestlers just BSing. I felt like I was, you know, sitting in that locker room, lacing up my boots, listening to them go back and forth. It was a very enjoyable interview. The elephant in the room, I think Tommy is still in Alaska, by the way. So oh, I'm not talking about what, 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 what. Congratulations to Tommy for fulfilling every state wrestled by Tommy Dreamer. Congrats. Absolutely. Absolutely. Frozen Fatty did it. So the elephant in the room, it was the AEW conversation. Would they talk about AEW? Would they not talk about AEW? Yes, they did talk about AEW. But the AEW conversation to me, Dave, never felt forced. It felt like this was a part of Chris's career that had to be touched upon. And if you take a look at the whole interview, which was about, it was 127 minutes. And that was all killer, no filler. That was 127 bell to bell. There was no like five minute introduction and five minutes on the back end. The first 14 minutes are spent in, what are you doing now? How did you get there? What's going on? And I, it was, it, Chris never hit you over the head with, you know, you got to watch AEW on Tuesday nights. It didn't feel like an infomercial for AEW, just natural conversation. And I have been talking about, well, what good does it do for Vince McMahon to allow Chris Jericho to talk about AEW? Chris Jericho did not talk about AEW in the sense that I was explaining. He's talking about AEW in the span and the body of his 30-year career. So you have to talk about it. I don't think, I didn't feel like Chris put any more emphasis or his tone never changed when he spoke about AEW over uh, when he wrestled in ECW or Calgary or WCW or anyplace else. I thought it was the same the whole time and gave us a great timeline of events when it came to Chris Jericho's career. What did you think? Yeah, well, first of all, that's what Stone Cold does with any of the guests. It's kind of like they go over their entire career and they did that with Chris Jericho, and like you said, if you're going to talk about his career, you're going to have to talk about AEW. You're going to have to talk about New Japan. And it was a natural progression because as Chris Jericho has explained on our show, Bully, like WrestleMania 33 was a big reason why there was a sour taste on his way out the door. The plan was always for Jericho to leave in May after WrestleMania. He was going to go on tour with Fozzie. And probably the plan was for him at some point, to come back to the WWE. But the way that that match was built between him and Kevin Owens and what actually transpired at WrestleMania 33 was not just a letdown to Chris Jericho. It was a letdown to fans. I I was saying on this show during that build, they built towards a championship match at WrestleMania and they decided to go the safe route and make it Brock and Goldberg, which was a shame because, again, you spend all this time on Monday Night Raw building a story that's going to lead to a huge WrestleMania match, and then 
the last few weeks before WrestleMania, you pull the rug over everyone, and then you go to you know Goldberg and Brock for a cheap pop at WrestleMania, and it was a shame because that match deserved to be a main event championship caliber match. And I can see why Chris Jericho was upset. But even in that interview, and that kind of surprised me in a way, not in the moment as I was watching it, but if you would have told me beforehand, Bully, especially since a WWE production, what did Chris Jericho say there? Hey, man, like, you got to get all this approval. Hey, one of the great segments in modern-day Monday Night Raw was almost not even done because the powers that be wanted to squash it. And then he talked about going to New Japan and saying, well, you know, don't we need to get approval? No, like you're a pro wrestler and you're here to tell stories, tell your story. Oh, I, and then he got a taste of freedom. So when the AEW opportunity came, it was a no brainer for him. Go to AEW. Why go back to WWE? I know where I stand with that company, but now I have a freedom with a new company. And obviously it's paid dividends for Chris. And it's paid dividends for AEW. And he explained that in that interview if you read between the lines. And I thought one of the things that meant more than Chris actually talking about AEW is the shot they showed at the end uh, of Chris with the AEW championship. Because now people who know nothing about AEW are able to view something and put name to the face, name to the company, name to the championship. I thought that was a big deal. I thought it was very, very smart of Chris and Steve to start with the AEW conversation. Like I said, first 14 minutes of the conversation. So Steve welcomes everybody to the Broken Skull sessions, introduces Chris. They pop that, you know, they're having a drink together. Great to see you, yada, yada, into the AEW talk. They can't edit that out. That's the beginning of the show. So if WWE was going to play any games with this, where they were going to chop out bits and pieces or edit the end of it, can't do that in the beginning. And if and if WWE would have asked Chris and Steve to do another beginning, that would have been a tip of the hat that we don't want the AEW conversation in there. So the AEW conversation, like I said, felt very natural. I don't think, do I think it's going to, help AEW's numbers on Wednesday night. Listen, if one more person who never watched AEW watches AEW because of Chris Jericho on Broken Skull Sessions, then it's a victory for AEW and Chris Jericho. Yes. That's that, that that's that, that's that's the reason why you want to mention it. Do I think the ratings are going to go through the roof? I think the ratings on Wednesday nights will go up higher for AEW because we no longer have competition on Wednesday nights. Agreed. But as a fan, I enjoyed the conversation. Um, as a professional, I enjoyed the conversation. Um, there were so many things in there. Me and Chris have known each other for a long, long time. There were things in there that I, I either I knew and I forgot because he gave me a bulldog so bad that I erased 10 years of my life, or I just didn't know the story. Um, and the story about him going to Vince's house and sitting in on the creative meeting and that I, I, it was like a holy shit moment for me because Chris talked about how he met Vince at his house for the first time and then sat in on a creative meeting and then didn't hear from Vince again for like a year. And I, and I was reminded that the very first time that me and Devon had a meeting with the WWE, we were driving to Vince's house. 
We both lived in New York. We're driving to Vince's house to have our first meeting with Vince McMahon. About 15 minutes before we get there, we get a phone call from his secretary saying, Vince wants to have the meeting at the office. So he changed it at the last minute. And me and Devon were like, oh, damn, we really wanted to go to Vince's house. Not many people get to go to Vince's house. And and Jericho said he's only been there once. So we really wanted to go. So we, we go to the office. And last night, it's almost like the light bulb went off. When they brought us into Titan Towers, we were brought into the booking meeting. There was Russo. There was Ferrara. There was Pritchard. There was JR. There was the rest of creative there. The only person that wasn't there was Vince. The guy that we were supposed to meet with. So, like you heard on the Broken Skull Sessions last night about everything being a test, that was our first test. We were supposed to meet with Vince. We didn't get to meet with Vince. We sat in on the booking meeting. Let's see how they're going to react to this. We got called back a week later. week later, sat down in front of JR in JR's office with Vince, had our meeting with them. So, the, the stories were similar. And I was just like, wow, I wonder if this is like one of Vince's go-to methods to try to, you know, feel people out. Didn't know if he could trust Chris, a WCW guy, you know, who was still under contract. Maybe he didn't know he could trust me and Devon, who were probably coming in with a reputation worse than the public enemy at the time. So it it, it it was crazy to hear that. What did, and, and thanks for sharing that story because you paint a beautiful word picture just like Chris did with Stone Cold, especially about you know going to Vince McMahon's house for the first and only time. But Bully, like one thing that surprised me is when he talked about Triple H. And he said he did not have a good relationship at all with Triple H because, again, the perception of who Chris Jericho was, and I guess in a lot of ways the perception of Triple H as well, but yet they had matches together. And it, it still amazes me that you could dislike somebody on a personal level, but yet be able to step into the ring, do work on a business level, and have your safety in somebody's hands. Like, And, and I'm sure that happens a lot in the world of pro wrestling, but it still amazes me how there really is those two worlds inside and outside of the ring. I have seen plenty of guys who were not on each other's Christmas card list go in there and do perfectly good business together. Here, here, here's an, here are two examples of, of situations that we saw happen in front of our own, own eyes. And trust me, there's hundreds more that you don't know about. Matt Hardy and Edge, Kurt Angle and Jeff Jarrett. Very public stories about their relationships and how other men were involved with either a girlfriend at the time or a wife. I thought Matt Hardy and Edge did great business together. I thought Jeff Jarrett and, and, and Kurt Angle did great business together. There's an example of guys that don't like each other who have to go do business together. I, I It boggles my mind, Bully. It really does. And for you, it's like, hey... LaGreca, shut the fuck up. This is business, and they made great business. But you talk about not liking each other. Maybe that's the case with Triple H and and Chris Jericho. When you talk about Matt Hardy and Edge and Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Angle, like, that's not dislike. That's out and about freaking hate. 
Like, it still amazes me. It's like, all right, I, I, I fucking hate you. I can't believe what you did to me. All right, now let's go into the ring and do business. And don't worry, you're going to be safe in my hand. It, it just amazes me, this world of pro wrestling. It really does. And the Jeff Jarrett, Kurt Angle situation is even crazier because you knew that at any moment, if Kurt wanted to, poof, just like that, Jeff's done. 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 Did business. When you're brought up the right way in this industry and you understand at its core what it's all about, you're able to put personal to the side if you can see the bigger picture in front of you of doing great business. Another part of this Broken Skull Sessions that I absolutely love that, and I don't think I've ever shared this before, was when Chris talked about being gifted the match. Chris talked about how he was in Dick's Sporting Goods buying a little pair of Speedos, his underwear that he wore under his gear. Um, I used to wear an extra small just because, you know, I wanted to feel like a big guy. Um, so, uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so he talked about being in Dick's and the matches came to him with him and Sean and he had to write it down really quick. I pride myself in being able to put matches together. But I cannot sit down and think about putting a match together. A match just has to come to me. I don't know when it's going to come to me, but I know it will. The wrestling gods, when they feel right, will hand you the match. You just have to be ready to write it down or remember it or record it in your mind, whatever it is. So when he says the match was gifted to him, I was like, man, I, th I thought I was the only one who who felt like they need to be gifted a match. So to hear, you know, and I, I've never really talked about this. Dave, I can't tell you how many times, and there are probably other wrestlers who feel the same way as I do. I sit down to think about a match or I'll be talking about a guy and I'll be like, I'll see you in an hour. I, I can't do this. I can't think about it. It just needs to come to me. Just like a lot of, you know, we talk about rock and roll all the time. How many guys, Ed, you could chime in, chime in on this too. How many musicians just say that the song just came to them? Oh, you right? hear that all the time. I, I, I remember reading an interview with Alice Cooper and he talked about, hell, I, I wrote that entire album in two hours sitting watching TV in my living room because, boom, one phrase just you know kicks in the creativity and the next thing you know you're writing out a whole album so I'm, I'm sure ed for you as somebody who's been involved in music as long as you have coming from the volume channel you probably heard stories like that all the time keith richards woke up in the middle of the night wrote the riff to satisfaction and then went back to bed and there you have it Peter Frampton wrote both of his biggest hits in the span of one morning, and he wishes he could have a day like that again. So when Chris talks about being gifted the match as entertainers, performers to hear that, it's like, wow, that's happened to me too. And I don't mean to take up our time telling stories about myself, but I, I was kind of excited to tell these stories because listening to fellow wrestlers talk mm -hmm. kind of, joggled my brain 
And I remembered, oh, I have a similar story to Chris, or I feel a similar way to Chris when it comes to putting matches together. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Sirius XM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.